Good morning, everyone. Bringing back the praise band. Let's stand. Why don't y'all stand and join and sing with us? A little exercise. No?
Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Glad you're here today. We welcome everyone and uh, hope God's going to bless you in a special way as we worship God this morning. We welcome our guests especially. You're uh, very important to us and we're glad that you're here. We've got some guests from Florida here. Uh, the, <laughs> the Wilsons are back. <laughs> welcome back, guys. We're, we're glad that y'all are here. I'd like to re- remind, our, uh, remind everyone of our attendance sheets. Uh, if you could take that and to fill, that, fill that out, we would certainly appreciate it. And we've got a buku of announcements I'd like to call to your atten- attention this morning. First of all, uh, we will be having a blood drive on Wednesday, so uh, if you're signed up for that, be sure to be here. If you're not, come on. We'll, we'll take, some, take you in, uh, as a walk-in. And uh, I don't know if they're still taking uh, um, reservations for that or not. They'll take anybody. That's, that's, that's about the truth. Uh, also, our youth are selling Vidalia onions for a fundraiser, and uh, we, we said last week was last week, but we're extending that, I think, and they can still t- uh, give an order. And, and if you have uh, made an order, we need to make payment, so see Virginia for that, and we would appreciate it. Uh, we are having a barbecue fundraiser coming up for our air conditioning, and I think Sybil wants to make an announcement about that. Uh, we have about seven, a little over $700 in our air conditioning fund um, right now. As you guys know, we need 7900 to replace that unit. So the men's Sunday school class has um, graciously agreed to do a barbecue fundraiser. Uh, we do have some tickets if you want to do some pre-sales. Um, I am going to make a plea right now. The men would like to also sell some desserts. And we have some wonderful dessert makers out there. So if you are willing to make a pie, some cookies, a cake, some brownies, any type of a dessert, please get with me or one of the men in the men's Sunday school class uh, to let us know that you're willing to do that. We need it by the morning of May the 16th, which is a Saturday. So if you could drop them off here that Friday, May the 15th, that would be great. That way we could get them cut up and plated because we're going to sell them in individual servings. Um, Like I said, there are some pre-sale tickets that have been made up by Mary Dunham. If you want to order ahead of time, they are selling pork chop sandwiches for $4, half chickens for $6, they will have some canned drinks there that they'll be a dollar a piece for, and the homemade desserts will be a dollar a serving. If you would like to pre-order, let somebody know. If not, you can just come by on the 16th and um, pick up something. They plan on having dinners or sandwiches ready at 11 o'clock, and we'll work until they're sold out of sandwiches, and I think they're going to do it right here in this parking lot. So if you are interested in making a dessert for them to be able to sell, please get in touch with me or one of the men in the men's Sunday school class. Thank you. Thank you, Sybil. A couple of other things I'd like to uh, remind you of. Uh, Next Sunday is Mother's Day. And so as is our tradition, our men will be providing breakfast for the ladies of the church. And so uh, men, get ready. Uh, we'll need you here by about 7 o'clock on, on uh, next Sunday morning, and uh, the breakfast will be at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning for the ladies of the church. So uh, come and enjoy that. It's always a great time. And let's see, there's something going on on Saturday? <laughs> Samantha's wedding is coming up. I can't believe it's here uh, Saturday at 6.30, and that will be in Evansville at the uh, 4-H fairgrounds, and so come and celebrate that wondrous event uh, uh, with them and, uh, and give them your blessings. Uh, one other thing, uh, coming down the road, put this on your calendar. Pat Terry will be here in concert on June the 6th, that evening at 7 o'clock. So put that in, on, your, uh, on your calendar. Uh, Pat is a wonderful songwriter and a great musician, and he's written a, lots and lots of songs for... Uh, some of the most popular country musicians out there. And uh, so you will not be disappointed by coming and uh, being a part of this concert. It's a free concert. We'll have a a love offering uh, during the uh, concert. 
uh, but they're, we're not having tickets or anything like that. Just come and enjoy. We're glad that you're here, and it's good to share this time together. And so let's now stand, and we'll sing our song of gathering, Gentle Shepherd. Please join me in prayer. Gracious God of grace and relationship, we often do not find what it means to be connected in this world that is full of so many ways to connect. We still struggle with how to be community. We have phone calls, email, texting, instant messaging, and long-distance face-to-face methods, but somehow we lose the very essence of what it means to be in relationship with those around us. With so many ways of staying connected, our culture struggles to find real intimacy with one another, to demonstrate our real joys and real pains that come along with being a human being. Holy God, we see true connection and true life being demonstrated by our Lord Jesus Christ. In the midst of real pain, He demonstrates new life. Help us, O oh God, help us to find what it means to truly connect with You and with those around us and to find a new life where it presents itself. Guide us to stand in awe of the great work of Christ that points us to the ongoing gospel of new life that you provide to everyone who seeks you. Help us to get past all of the misdirection that so easily takes precedence in our lives. Help us to truly seek you and join in your work and in your spirit. For we pray all of these things in the name of the Lord of faithful relationship, Jesus Christ, who came to connect with us and to help us to find connection with one another. Amen. Today's responsive reading is titled Church. <clears throat> Young and old, sons and daughters of God, all you who are the diverse creations of God's imagination and love, join in praise and thanksgiving as we worship the one who brings us together. We come to this place bringing our varied stories, our unique gifts, and our unique calls to serve. We come together in partnership and mission, knowing that we are called to be the church, to celebrate, to celebrate God's presence, to serve others, to seek justice, to offer the hope of the resurrected Christ. We are called to be the body of Christ, a community of believers, a household of faith, a community of saints. We are called to the one hope of our high calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. 
as members of the body of Christ, we covenant together in this hour to build on our sure foundation of Jesus Christ and to seek the vision of Christ's hope for the world. Join me in we, as we read together today from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word, and I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. This is the word of God for the people of God.
How about now? How about now? Okay. Morning. Did y'all hear Mr. Greg? Were you listening? Uh-uh. Good. Wyatt told the truth. No, he wasn't listening. Uh, you know what? Sometimes none of us listen. Did y'all hear me read too? I love how we put these together because that kind of tells us what we're going to talk about. Today we're going to talk about how we're growing in God. You guys think you have a pretty good chance? Think you have a pretty good start to be Christ-like when you're adults? Come on, you guys. You know, Georgia's going, yeah. Sarah's going, yeah. Sarah, how come you think that? What would you do uh, a couple months ago? You got baptized. You think you're growing in Christ? You think you're a Christ-like person? I, I do too. Stand up here by this tree. You're almost as tall as that tall branch. Okay? And you know what? You guys are all here this morning, right? I think you're growing in Christ too. Y'all stand up by that tree. Just spread around it because I'm going to show you something. When, yeah, I know. Look, you all have got a really good start. Let's pretend this is you, okay? This is you guys. You're all in here together. You're all going to children's church together. You're all in here together. Now, when Greg talked, he talked about we are all part of a vine. God is the vine we're growing to. And what happens to us as vines If we don't get what we need, if we don't get water, if we don't get good food, if we don't get love, if we don't know how to talk to God, what happens to us? We die. We not only die maybe a death, but we also die in living. You know what? When I pulled this in here, I looked at this poor thing over here. (laughs) I want to show you something. This is what's going to happen. Uh oh. Yeah, no, it's not a switch, Mark. All right. Okay, I'm going to let you take this one, Zoe. Okay? Come here, Neva. I'm going to let you take this one. Wyatt, somebody's going to be missing. All right. Georgia, Sarah, I'll give you something else to do. Come over here and hold this one. All right. Neva, read what that says on there. I'll help you if you can't read it. Called serve. Called to serve. All of us are called to serve. And when we serve others, give me an example of serving others. What do you do at home to serve others? Um, Or here to serve others. You told me up in children's church, do you help mom? Do you help mom clean your room? Sometimes? All right. You know what? We have so many people in this church that serve others. Just today when I walked in, Miss Sally gave me a sack of macaroni and cheese. She's not thinking of herself, is she? She's thinking about others so I can take this down to Christian Outreach. That's one way to serve others, okay? Give of yourself to somebody else. So I'm going to let you pour your water in this plant. Go ahead and pour your water in because we want... God to see that we are watering ourselves and we're learning how to serve others. All right, Zoe, you need some help reading that? Sarah, can you help her, please? Serve. Serve others. So not only are we called to serve, God calls us to serve, and he puts that little thing in in your mind going, okay, the men are going to cook. Let's go ahead and cook so we can raise money for the air conditioner. That's a call to serve. Okay, and then I talked about Miss Sally bringing this macaroni and cheese. She not only got called to serve, she thought about the church and she served others. And then Miss Julia, you know, when I come in, I get all kinds of goodies. Now, not only is she making these for people that can't get out of their home and the shut-ins, she was making these prayer cloths. And, you know, now she's like, is this okay? Miss Julia is now making these beautiful crosses and a beautiful book to go with it And we give these to people who are shut in their apartments or their homes and can't give out. Do you think Miss Julia is serving others? I think so, too. And God wants you guys to serve others, too. I'm going to take your, go ahead and pour your water in, because you're watering your vines. God wants us to keep it growing every time you come to church, every time you're kind to others. 
every time you think about others, you're watering your vine. Go ahead, Wyatt. Offer hope. Offer hope. Mm, what does that mean? You ever feel like crying? Yeah, who doesn't, right? When something happens, there's always, hopefully, if you're surrounded by people of Christ, there's always people to offer you hope. And I could list a whole bunch lately in our family from this church that's offered us hope. So remember that, you guys. God wants you to be able to offer hope. So if you have a friend that you know that's really down in the dumps or feels like crying, offer them hope. Give them a hug, okay? Do something like that. God wants you to offer hope. I'm going to take your sticker and I'm going to let you pour the water in the tree. And the last thing, seek justice. Hmm, what's that mean? Seek justice. When you see something at school, somebody being bullied, something like that, what are you going to do? Are you going to stand back and watch? What are you going to do? You're going to stand up. Perfect, Georgia. And that's the same if we see somebody on the street, like all the people that served at King's Kitchen this past Tuesday, those people didn't have any place to go for supper. Do you think we treated them badly? No. A bunch of people from this church went and cooked a meal for them and served a meal. That's what you call seeking justice. We want all people to be created equal. It's pretty simple, isn't it, to grow up and to be a person of Christ? Go ahead and put your water in. And this is a perfect example. You guys want to look like this? You want to look like this? I think so, too. All right, let's go up to Children's Church, and we'll talk about it. Thank you, guys. Loving Father, we come to you with the breath that we just took. 
with the beat that our heart just made, with our joys and our praises, with our sorrows. We come to you with our hopes. We come to you with our talents that you have given us. We bring the whole storehouse unto you, that you may open the windows of heaven and return to us and shower upon us your love. These tithes and offerings that we bring, may you further your kingdom. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross. By his blood we pray. Amen. Amen. that his name is wonderful? Uh, Isn't it true? The Week magazine often contains quirky little stories and news items from all over the world. And one week they carried a story about a Romanian man who was recovering in the hospital after trying to escape from his wife by swinging from tree to tree on a vine like Tarzan. Stefan Triska, a 66-year-old man of all things, had wanted to go drinking with his buddies, but his wife locked him into his bedroom. Well, this did not stop Stefan. He climbed through the window of his bedroom and grabbed a tree vine, managed to swing to another tree, and he was thinking, great, just one more tree to go. Only this time he missed his mark sending him plummeting to the earth, breaking an arm, a leg, and an ankle. All of this while he was still sober, by the way. 
Imagine what might have happened once he had a few drinks in him. Triska said, it was more difficult than it looked like in the Tarzan movies. And he said, I forgot to take into account that Tarzan was a lot younger than I am. Well, our lesson for today is, is not about a vine that you can swing on. Instead, it's about a vine that is absolutely essential for our spiritual lives. All throughout Jesus' ministry, he used stories to illustrate his teachings. And his lessons were always tailored to his audience. He didn't talk over people's heads. He, and he used things that were very familiar to people so that they could understand what he was talking about. And, of course, vineyards were plentiful in Palestine. So see if you can, can visualize Jesus standing in the midst of a crowd holding a grapevine as he says these words to the people. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Beautiful illustration, isn't it? But what does it mean? Well, it seems pretty straightforward. Jesus is the vine, God is the gardener, and, and we, are, we who are Christ followers are the branches. And our job is to bear fruit. And sometimes, according to this passage of Scripture, God prunes us to make us bear even more fruit. Now, there have been a lot of sermons preached on the ways that God prunes people. And I don't know about you, but this idea has never really been all that attractive to me. I, I mean, pruning, pruning seems like a pretty painful process, don't you think? I mean, think about it. When we prune a plant, what do we do? We, we cut back its branches. And yes, it does make a plant more productive, but who wants to experience the heavenly pruning shears cutting back all the dead spots in our lives? But then I noticed that there's another way to interpret this passage. You see, the Greek phrase for he prunes can also mean he cleans. And this makes so much sense when, when we continue to read the next verse. So, so let's read these two verses together, substituting the word he cleans instead of prunes. Christ says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he cleans, so that it will be even more fruitful. You have already been clean, cleansed because of the word that I have spoken to you. We are cleaned by God's grace. By putting these two sentences together, it makes a lot of sense that Jesus intended to say that, that God cleans God's branches. Every branch that does bear fruit, He cleans so that it will, it will be even more fruitful. Now, what does this mean that He cleans? Well, stay with me here. This is good. This is good. I'm setting myself up, aren't I? I hope it's good now. <laughs> Bruce Wilkinson tells about a man who, who came to him at a pastor's conference a while back, and, and he asked, do you really understand John 15? And, and Wilkinson said, well, not completely. Why? And the man said, well, I own a vineyard, and I think I've got it figured out. And so Wilkinson offered to buy the, the man a, a, a cup of coffee right on the spot. And as they sat across the table from one another, the man began to talk about his life running a vineyard. He talked about the long hours spent walking through the vineyards and tending the grapes and watching the fruit develop and waiting for the perfect day to begin the harvest. And he said new branches have a tendency to trail down and grow along the ground, but they don't bear much fruit down there. When branches grow along the ground, the leaves get covered in dust, and when it rains, they get muddy and and then mildew sets in, and the branch becomes sick and useless. 
And so Wilkerson said, well, what do you do then? You, you cut it off and throw it away? And he said, oh, no, oh, no, the branch is much too valuable for that. We go through the vineyard with a bucket of water looking for those branches that are growing along the ground, and we lift them up, and we wash them off, and then we, we wrap them around the trellis or tie them up, and pretty soon they're thriving. I wonder if that's what God was, what Jesus was talking about. He is the vine, and we are the branches. But you know, sometimes we are like those low-lying branches trailing along the ground with, with our leaves coated with, with dirt and mud, and, and we get coated with mud and mildew, and at times like that, we are incapable of bearing fruit. So what does the owner of the vineyard do with us? Does he cut us off and throw us into the fire? No. We are much too valuable for that. Instead, he tenderly washes us off and lifts us up and places us up higher where we can thrive. Isn't that a beautiful picture of what Christ does in our lives? I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch that does bear fruit, he cleans so that it will be even more fruitful. And then he said, you are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. But how does that happen? That we are cleaned and lifted up. Well, listen carefully. He goes on and he says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now, our task is to bear fruit. But how? Well, we can only be what Christ has called us to be by remaining in constant fellowship with him. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And that is to say that, that if we quit bearing fruit, it's probably because we have allowed ourselves to become detached from Christ. Uh, let's use a, a different kind of analogy here. Let's see if this makes sense to you. A, a missionary in Africa depended on a small generator to supply electricity to his small church and his house there. But one, one evening, some tribesmen came to visit this missionary, and they noticed this electric light bulb hanging from the ceiling in his living room. And they watched with amazement as he flipped the switch, and that light came on. So one of the visitors asked if he could have a, a light bulb like that for himself. And the missionary was thinking that he probably just wanted a, a trinket. And so he gave the man one of his extra light bulbs. Well, sometime later, this missionary stopped by the hut of this man who had that light bulb. And, and imagine his surprise when he saw that bulb hanging in the center of the man's hut from an ordinary string. Now, of course, there was no light coming from it. And the missionary explained to the man that you had to have electricity and you had to have wire to bring the current to that bulb and cause it to glow. No electricity, no light. No vine, no fruit. No Christ, no Holy Spirit. No life-giving power for a believer. We cannot bear fruit apart from Him. Some of you may know the story of a Hollywood actor named Stuart Hamlin. Uh, Hamlin was one of the original singing cowboys way back in, in early motion picture days and appearing with such names as Gene Autry and Roy Rogers. However, Hamlin didn't cope very well with the pressures of life. And even though he was, a, he was the son of a Methodist pastor, he, he sought relief in alcohol. And many times his drinking got him in trouble and thrown in jail for public brawling and other destructive behavior until something significant happened in his life. 
You see, back in 1949 at a Billy Graham crusade, Stuart Hamlin committed his life to Christ. And almost immediately, he was fired from a lucrative job in, in radio because he refused to sing commercials for a beer company. Nevertheless, Hamlin stayed true to his faith. And sometime later, he ran into John Wayne, who asked him about the rumor that he had changed his ways. And Hamlin told John that it was no secret what God had done for him and that God could do it for Wayne, too. Well, John Wayne told Stuart that that sounded like a song and he ought to put it to music. So he did. And his song became an enormous hit. It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. His arms wide open, he will pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. Yes, it is no secret what God can do, but only if we are connected to Christ like a branch is connected to a vine or like a light bulb is connected to a power source. Bruce Wilkinson claims that most Christians fall into one of two categories, those who have a relationship with God or those who have an obligation to God. And he said that those who have a relationship with God, they look to their faith for the answers to life's questions and they don't let peer pressure dictate their morality. They worship sincerely and joyfully and they find fulfillment in serving others. But those who see their faith as an obligation, they usually attend church only because they've always attended church. Or they serve on a committee or work on a mission project because they think it's expected of them. And their faith doesn't really make that much difference in their priorities or their relationships or their lifestyle. And I think there's a very important distinction there. Do you have a relationship with Christ or do you just feel obligated? An obligation may bring us respectability, but it never really brings that much joy. Psychiatrist Rollo May, Rollo May in his book, Man's Search for Himself, explained this, explained why. He said, it may sound surprising when I say that the chief problems of most people is emptiness. And by that, he says, I mean not only that many people don't know what they want, but they don't really even know what they feel. When they talk about a lack of autonomy or their inability to make decisions, it becomes evident that their underlying problem is that they have no definite experience of their own desires or wants, and they feel swayed this way or that way with feelings of powerlessness because they feel empty. This is to say that there is a God-shaped void within the heart and the soul of every person. And we have a need not only to acknowledge God, but to experience God. It's not enough just to believe that God is out there somewhere. We need to be connected with God. I know we can't see God. So how are we connected with God? Some of you may have heard the story of the boy who was flying his kite and it was so high up in the sky. It was up in the clouds. He couldn't even see it. It was out of view. And so someone asked the boy, how do you know your, your kite is still there? And the boy said, I can still feel a tug on the string. Who among us doesn't need that feel of a tug from time, from time to time? You know, it's fine to say that God's out there somewhere. But you know, most of us need to know that God's closer, that, that God is here in our heart. And the only way to have that is, is when we keep that fresh connection with Christ. And that, of course, is the purpose of prayer. Prayer keeps us connected to the source of life. So many, you know, so many people have an immature understanding of prayer. In their mind, prayer is our way of getting God to give us what we want. Uh, we want a new job. We pray about it. We want better help. We pray about it. We want our sports team to win. We pray about it. 
But mature Christians understand that this is a most inadequate view of prayer. I heard, heard about a boy who went to a Pinewood Derby uh, contest sponsored by the Boy Scouts, the Cub Scouts. You ever, how many of you ever done a Pinewood Derby? I, I see some of you there. Uh, it, it was, it's one of those events where the contestants are supposed to do their own work, but you know, most of the fathers help a, a lot. <laughs> I mean, you just look at some of the, I've been, you know, we, I took Nathaniel to these things, you know, and, and, and just look at some of the, the cars that show up. You kind of know. Yeah. But, but at, at one such event, there was a youngster who, who didn't have a dad, and he showed up with a racer that he had obviously made with his own hands. And the contest pitted boys in, in pairs, one against the other, with the winner advancing to the next round. And somehow, this kid's funny-looking, ugly car won again and again and again until, defying all odds, he was in the final race against another boy with his slick-looking, well-made car. Well, before the championship race, the boy with his funny-looking car asked the the director to, to wait a moment before they began so that he could pray. And by this time, the crowd, now now enthralled with this unlikely story, they stood there in silence. They were loving this boy and secretly praying along with him that he might win. And after the boy won the race and was given the trophy, the director said to him, well, I guess it's a good thing you prayed so you could win. And the boy was horrified. He said, oh, no, no. I didn't pray to win. That would have been wrong. That other scout had just as much right to win as I did. And I couldn't pray that God would make him lose. I just prayed that God would help me to not cry if I lost. You know, I think that boy had a better understanding of prayer than most adults. Because, folks, prayer is not so much about asking God to fulfill our desires. No. Prayer exists for the purpose of nourishing our relationship with God. It is about keeping the lines of communication open between ourselves and God so that we are alive to God's presence, so that we are open to God's leading in our lives. In Christ's metaphor of the grapevine, it is allowing God to give us spiritual nourishment so that we can bear fruit. Now, I could end the story right there, but I've got one more little thing I want to touch base on. with. Because before we leave here today, we need to ask, what is this fruit that Jesus is talking about? What's this fruit that we are supposed to bear? Well, in Galatians 5, Paul gives us a partial list of what he calls the fruit of the Spirit. They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We might be tempted to add other things like generosity and acceptance, but of course those are at least implied in the first one, which is love. So folks, hear this. If you want to be a better spouse or a better parent or a better employee or a better citizen, then keep your spiritual nourishment flowing into your life through your connection with Jesus. Time spent in the presence of God is guaranteed to make you more loving and joyful, peaceful and patient and so on. All of this and more is what Christ is saying to us in this example of the vine. He is the vine. We are the branches. And without him, we can bear no fruit. So it is essential that we maintain our relationship with Christ 
so that when we have fallen down in the mud, he can pick us up, clean us off, and lift us up so that we can bear fruit again. Amen. Let's sing together our closing hymn, Only Trust Him, number 317. We'll sing the first three verses. gathered here today from our own small worlds to worship unitedly in this place. We came because of your great love of God, demonstrated supremely in the life of Jesus Christ. Your grace, O God, binds us together in fellowship, and your Spirit draws us together as a community of faith. Your presence has warmed us and inspired us And so now, God, send us. Send us into the world that we may serve you and serve the world. Let us truly be your presence to a world in need. Amen. 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 Amen.